This is Under Review on BIC Radio with your hosts, Clay Davis, Jeremy Goldstein, and Kyle DeSantis. Welcome to Under Review on VICRadio.org. I'm Clayton Davis alongside Kyle DeSantis. We don't have Jeremy Goldstein this week because he is busy with the Liberty League Championship game, and we're very proud of him for working so hard at what he does and doing the broadcast games. Kyle, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Again, for Jeremy, he's busy doing notes. I know he did do the Liberty League Championship game, and just kind of to update that, He's focusing on the round of 32 when it comes to NCAA basketball. Ithaca and Springfield going to be happening tonight at 5 p.m. That game is going to be on WICB radio. But, yeah, I'm doing good. I know yesterday for was a big change for a lot of people, especially with Ithaca and the students because – the mask requirement got lifted, and yes, I was I was smiling so much yesterday. How did you feel about I, that? I mean, honestly, Kyle, I think it was really great. Don't want to go into a huge political discussion no, about yeah, masks or anything like that, but I think just from a personal standpoint and just seeing everyone, shout out to um, to Ethan Birch who we work with. So Ethan Birch is he does Bombers Live and everything, and I was I was uh, Snapchatting him last night and messaging him, and he took a picture. And you guys, you guys, I think you were also in the picture. Yeah. You guys were in the press release uh, room. Yeah, the press release. Yeah, the press release room. And it just looked like you guys were having so much fun. And that's what it's all about. That's what sports radio is all about. And for those that are listening that don't really know, you know, what we do and everything like that, like we try our best each and every week with the games that we do, whether it be basketball or football or lacrosse, and just try to have so much fun. And I think that was really exhibited today. So, I mean, I, I know you had a blast, personally. Yeah. Again, that was the first game I actually called the Springfield and Messiah game before the Ithaca game. And that was the first Ithaca broadcast for me where I didn't have to wear a mask. And today's the first sports radio show where I didn't have to wear a mask. Yeah. So, it, it's a, a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's just... It, it's not even really like sports related, but just the human connection that's really at at play when you smile at somebody and you're just laughing. You just get that sort of environment when that happens. Yes. So it's pretty crazy, but yeah, Liberty League. Just going into that, you know, kind of transitioning into that, the women's basketball team for Ithaca College won against Catholic University today, and they play Springfield College. Kyle, I know you were at the game and everything. What did you see that was most impressive for the women's team yesterday? Well, especially the main thing was all season long, the third quarter for the Bombers has been the quarter where they just put their foot on the gas and they go crazy. They were actually down at the half. or The game was a lot closer at the half. At, rather, Ithaca had a two-point lead. But then you look at the third quarter, and Ithaca outscores Catholic University 20-7. to that those are those kind of quarters where you have to pull away, and they did. In the case of Catholic, they actually won the fourth quarter by three points, but again, they were down by double digits, and really the third quarter has been where Ithaca has been able to just run the game away pretty much all season. It's amazing with Ithaca, and we might be particularly homers in that, res- in that respect because we are at the school, but I think we can make a fair point in that Ithaca played so well in the second half. They're definitely a second-half team. And how they're just able to distribute the ball, especially, is just crazy. They're able—I don't know if you saw this, Kyle, but how they're able to distribute the ball after 
a millisecond, maybe a second, just to get it off. And then you have um, Lindsay Albertelli, who's who's a forward on the team, and she comes up and gets to the free throw line, and just getting into that you know sort of triangle offense is really efficient and everything. And how they're able to drive to the basket, especially Megan Yalman and and Grace Cannon, just going super hard into the paint is just is just really great to say. Yeah, and. In that case, again, for Ithaca, it's going to be the second straight season. If you look back to 2020, where they were able to continue on to the round of 32. And really, for just going back to the Springfield Messiah game, I'm technically, if you're going to talk about it, I feel like that, that was an upset. If you look at Messiah, the last three tournaments they had gotten out of the opening weekend, they were the conference champions for the MAC Commonwealth. Yes, and they were. looking for Springfield, they were an at-large bid. This was their first ever at-large bid out of the new MAC. And for them, at least with Springfield, coming into this season, they had an amazing start. They went 16-0 and to start the year. And Did they really? They went 16-0 and to start the year. They eclipsed over 20 wins. That was the first time since 2001-2002. But I, I feel like with Messiah coming into this tournament, just from doing stats and whatnot, I felt like Messiah really was the team to beat. But now that Messiah lost in the opening round, this game is quite open. It's, it's wide open it's for either open. Ithaca or Springfield to go into the Sweet 16. Yeah, definitely. And kind of playing into that, what have you... I know you may have not done as much research with Springfield and everything, but what do you feel is the most contributing factor to their success. Well, the main thing with, with Springfield, I'm actually trying to trying to pull up my my notes chart that I have is is they they have a lot of depth and they they have multiple players. They have at least coming into the tournament, they had four players with more than 10 points per game. You had Sam Hurahan with 15.8 points per game, also 9.4 rebounds. And then you also had just Sydney Wentland, Rachel Vinton, and Grace DeZindelet, who all average over 10 points per game. So really, it's just a lot of depth. You have a lot of options. And again, last night, they were, they were able to take down Messiah University and the Falcons, who had a really great player in their own in Leah Springer. But Springer, throughout the night, was really... I wouldn't say she was 100%. There were a lot of times where she was kind of falling on the court. There were a few times where she had to be helped off, really just a lot of emotion in that case, and I'm sure she had been throughout the season doing as much as she could. And either way, Springfield College came away with the win. That's actually the first time that Springfield's beaten Messiah in the NCAAs. Messiah had won the two prior matchups. Yes, they they, they weren't in the NCAA tournament a lot, right? They weren't they weren't frequently in well there. the last time Springfield the last time they were in the tournament was twenty fourteen. Was in 2014. Was 2014 lost in the opening round to Amherst College, and again it was the the second time, rather the third time that they had played Messiah. Messiah had won the two previous matchups, especially a 70 to 56 victory back in 2006 in the opening round. But in the case of Springfield, they were able to get the win, get over, and get into the round of 32. And I feel like this game between Ithaca and Springfield could go either way. It really can, and. To that point with Springfield College, I remember I saw on Twitter just just looking through athletics and people liking certain things. But with Springfield College, they had a send-off with their fans. Yes. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. It was yeah, pretty cool. It. it was pretty cool to see just the encouragement from their fans to be able to send them off into, into Springfield and everything. So, yeah, just looking into you know today's game – 
Ithaca won last night. We didn't go into particular stats, but they won uh, 75-63 to yesterday against Catholic University. And then Springfield won in the first game, 73-68 to as well. So two very competitive games, as you talked about earlier. And, yeah, it's, it's definitely wide open. So for you, Kyle, personally, who's going to be the biggest contributing factor for the Ithaca Bombers today? Well, we've been talking about this all year. When it comes to Ithaca... It's pretty much synonymous with Grace Cannon, the graduate guard out of New Jersey, where yes. she has been just the main the main person on offense again. Last night, just looking at some stats, she had 14 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. She had 5 steals as well, and to go with 3 blocks. One thing we also talked about, one thing I'm going to bring up about that last Ithaca game, there were so many times where Ithaca had a block out of bounds and the student section it went was crazy. Kyle, Kyle, they they block. She blocked it twice, yes. and then also was hustling for the ball and just so many times just getting on the ground and just being super scrappy and just getting those and getting those boards. Yeah, and, and especially in, in the post game presser, Ken was actually asked about that and. I think really her answer was just kind of like where you, you do it and you just kind of realize in the moment, like, wow, that just happened. You don't really expect it. And I feel like also on defense, and again, I only really play basketball in, like, recreational leagues, so yeah, I can't really talk about too. too much. But The nice intramural leagues when you the, would play. The intramural the, leagues. Were, and you would play at night and then yeah, just you, hang out with your buddies. Just like, just like all Saturdays where, like, you would just be playing with all the people in your grade and – New teams get yeah. drafted every year. Just shooting like a sixty foot three pointer. Yeah, and <laughs> just doing that. But but yeah, like off. the emotions when that happens, or at least when you get a block out of bounds, I, I feel like when that happens, the moment kind of stops in time. You feel it happen, and then once the ball goes out of bounds, it just kind of goes back to normal. And I think you're just, just for, like that yeah. just happened. Wow. I think just to your point, you could just tell that Megan Yalman and Grace Cannon are just locked in. No, for sure. They they are just locked like locked in. You could just you could see it, you could see the aggression on their faces. They just want to play and they just they just want to kill it potentially. Yeah, 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 especially in their position as they're two of the three graduate students on the team. Yeah, yes. th- this this is their final year. This, this is, is their, their send-off, year. and they're trying to go as far as they can in the tournament. And also one thing we haven't even mentioned, that was Ithaca's 20th straight win. That's true. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. And to that point, with the graduate students, they didn't get – they only had a practice last year, yes. a practice game. I believe – who was it with? It was with Vassar or Union or another school that came in, but they were wearing yeah. masks and things they, like that. They had, a ga- they had two games, actually. They had one game against St. John Fisher, and they had one game on the road – against RIT. Won both games, and then the rest of the Liberty League schedule got canceled. Yes, but to bring it back, I know bringing up COVID and everything, it could be like a sore subject, but I think that because they lost all of that time, and I don't know if you feel that personally with doing sports radio and doing things like that, they they want to perform to the best of their ability because they know this is their last chance. Which is really great. Yeah, and kind of not trying to relate to that case, but at least for me, I'm, I'm a sophomore. I don't know if Ithaca is going to host the NCAA's in my time at the school. Yes, so I know. I know. I know. For for me, I was lucky enough to call both the Liberty. I had like when it comes to the three basketball games that I called in these this last like four week span, 
Shout out to Matt Sasa, by the way, because yes, I, yes, getting sports, the, our, for this opportunity, our coveted, our coveted sports director. Yes. Yeah, because in like a four week span, and although one week I was supposed to call a game, but the Comrex system kind of, kind of yes. shattered. Yep, it in, shattered and just basically exploded. Almost, <laughs> that's what happened. Pretty much. Yeah. In, yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. In a span of weeks, I went from calling just. Kind of also doing some background information. I hadn't called basketball coming into this season. Like I like I had gone to the Bruce Beck camp, and one of the things they have is you get you partner up and you get like a five minute section of game from a Knicks game that they choose, and you prepare for it and you call it like you would just be calling the game. But before really this semester, I hadn't called basketball. I did. I was able to call one of the men's game, especially. Back in January, the twenty fifth yeah. against RPI, Ithaca actually lost by five. But and then for going back to women's basketball, if looking at if the Comrex system was up to standard and up to, did, stuff, yes. a, up to standard, if whatever happened didn't happen, I would have I would have called the graduate student game against St. Lawrence with Ithaca won sixty six fifty two, but that didn't work. And then in being honest about it, no, I no, I know you are. I, I apologize for laughing, but no, you're right. No, I, I apologize. Go ahead, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, in in a span of three weeks, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it's okay. I called okay. the senior day game, which was the regular season championship between Ithaca and Vassar. Then the next week, eight days later, the Liberty League championship game, Ithaca and St. Lawrence, Ithaca won. And then obviously yesterday, I had Springfield and Messiah, which was interesting because that was actually the first time where I had to, you had to do more research. And yeah. again, I, I felt like I, I felt like I, I felt like again trying to go into too much details. I, I felt like you know, like kind of the peak of where I did this season with basketball was that Liberty League title game. That could have just been with the emotions running high in Ithaca, having the chance to make it to the NCAA tournament. But this was really an interesting game. Partially because I had to, that was something interesting where I had to, like, I was sending emails to, like, the athletic departments and saying, like, asking for pronunciation guides and getting those. Yes, and definitely. Preparing it's a, it's a for lot both of hard teams. work. And yeah. it, it's, it's a different perspective. Again, thanks to sports director Matt Sossler for everything, at least so far this semester. I know a lot's more to come once you come back from spring break. I know. At least this week on Tuesday, I'm going to be calling men's lacrosse. But after that, great, there's going to be a lot more to come. Kyle, and I know, listen, I'm a, I'm a senior, and you and you talk about that, and I know we're kind of getting sentimental about all those games. But you, you've been you've been doing a great job personally in terms of doing those individual games and getting those reps in, and you know you're constantly improving all of the time and everything. But yeah, for those that don't know and are listening. You know we do game. You know we do games on you know WICV and BIC. So you know just stay in, just tune in, and just do that, and that should be really great. But um, I'm really happy for you, Kyle, that you personally are have this personal growth for yourself, and you're getting these repetitions and everything, and you're doing a great job with that. Yeah, and especially if you're going to want to tune into Jeremy Goldstein calling the round of 32 yes. against Springfield and Ithaca. 
That's going to be today at 5 p.m. on WICB Radio. Going to be calling that with Dane Richardson and also Max Tanzer on the sidelines. So be able to tune into that because it's going to be a fun game regardless of the outcome. Oh, definitely, for sure. I 100% agree. Do you want to head into MLB or do you want to take a quick little break? Let's go into MLB. Let's go into MLB. I got got a lot to say about the MLB right now. Let's do it, Kyle. The MLB this week canceled their games to start out the season, the first two game, the first two weeks. First first two series. The first two series. Kyle, go ahead. What do you make of all of this in the MLB canceling all of their games and suspending? Well, for me, I, I just don't understand how it's two sides. And by the way, these are two sides of people that make a lot of money as is. You got the owners who are billionaires. You got the players who most of them are millionaires because of their talent in this game. The idea, I think I've texted this to people before. Yes. The idea that you, and this is to both sides. I'm not trying to not trying to make fun of the owners or the players. And if Jeremy were here, he'd call me the son of an owner right now. <laughs> but if amazing, <laughs> I don't understand how you can't sit down. And come to a compromise on the situations you need and time for baseball to start. It's just a selfishness. Kyle. No, yeah, it is it, it, on it, both it's, sides. It's really I both sides. Like. I understand if you're trying to if you're trying to make a point, you're trying to get something. You're very core to an issue, but the fact that you can't have a compromise or it's really kind of up in the air with how each side thinks. And you could go into that. I don't know everything off the top of my head, but. Me, me neither, to be honest. But it's, yeah, it's just crazy to think that spring training, which is something again people look forward to all the time, it, it's crazy to think that that's just at this point just going to be gone. It is ridiculous, Kyle, because you could tell that they're only concerned with the money value. No, of yeah, what's been going on and, and with that's the, the players thing. and the the players. They want to get their contracts up. And everything, and the owners want to ensure that they're getting money from these minor leaguers and everything. And it's just, it's so it, frustrating. It's, it's just, it's not, it's not fun. And again, just looking at the schedule right now, it, it's really interesting because obviously the first two series of the season, which if you're looking at it from a Yankees perspective, that is a seven-game Western road trip that you're going to miss out on. Yeah. Where that's four against Texas, three against Houston. So those at least those Houston those Houston games are really big and to be canceled. But also it means at this point if there is some sort of compromise opening day is April 7th, the start of a three game set at home against Boston. And that game has a lot of history because we all know obviously you know it's one of the the greatest rivalries and one of the most historic rivalries in of all of sports 100%. but especially if you look at it recently with the wild card game that happened and Boston taking down New York and able to move on into the playoffs and how they did. They had a really good postseason, but again, that's going to be, at this point, we don't even know. At this point, yeah. We don't even we don't know. know. And you know what, Kyle? That make, brings up a great point. With you, you said that I don't really know what's going on with the negotiations. We shouldn't know. We're, we're fans of the sport. We shouldn't know what's going on with the particular negotiations. Just get the deal done, right? Yeah. Don't you agree? Yeah, you don't have to to strut your feathers to the media. You don't have to strut your feathers out in general, but just just sit down and talk. And again, I'm also looking at ESPN to see if anything recently happened and 
Obviously, it has MLB cancels the first two series after no deadline deal. But also another thing that we haven't talked about is, uh, which also could be interesting, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on Derek Jeter stepping down as the CEO of the Miami Marlins. I think that's very interesting. I the timing of it was I think he's just I personally think and I've been talking to people about it. I think that he is not a person that is a CEO type of person. Yeah. I could see more of him. I was talking to um our friend Cam Gasmer who also does Bombers Live and everything, but we were talking about it and we could see like Cam made a great point. You could see more of an analysis like an analyst for like um I would say Baseball Tonight or one of those no, yeah. shows. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if Jeter, again, is complete with his his posts. Is like his post-playing career as it comes to being like working with a team. I don't know if that's going to be the case. You, you very well could see in a few weeks or when baseball starts back up, he goes to another team and he helps out. Yeah, he's a, he's a great leadership guy, but I think in that sort of position it's kind of hard you're ceo of the entire team yeah it's it's difficult you can't just step into that you need to develop over time and i think maybe and the miami marlins did not play well last season as well so it's kind of it's kind of difficult to kind of address there there was there was some positive lights though when jeter was the at the head of miami where they made the they made the the covid they made the 2020 postseason and again, that was the COVID shortened season with the difference in with the difference in the postseason, and that was actually one of the things that they were talking about with how they were going to work with having the actual postseason for the MLB in the negotiations. But again, with Jeter, what he said was the vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. Now is the right time for me to step aside as a new season begins. And I've seen it's respectable. And it is respectable. I've seen some people saying like. He stepped down because Miami doesn't want to win. I don't know exactly what goes into that, no. but I, I've seen some weird takes online That's not about true. that. I mean, you know more than I do. I'm not a particular baseball guy, but no, that's not the case. That they yeah. don't want to win. The season hasn't even know. started. No, it's it's weird. But another thing that was actually an article that came out last night by Jeff Passan was yes. that. The players' union is preparing a written response to MLB's latest CBA offer, or mm-hmm. at, at least that's what sources are saying. So that could be interesting to just see how they react. Is and the lockout is soon close to again. This happened last again. This happened last night when the article came out, but the lockout's nearing 100 days. I don't know if it's at 100 days or whatnot at this point, but it's it's getting really close. But, again, just sit down and make a deal. I I don't know how many times I have to say this. I'm not trying to even sound like a broken record. So many people rely on Major League Baseball. We talk about it every single week. Yeah. And there's really nothing else to say. You just make a deal at this point. I don't really want to... Personally, I don't really want to know what you... You know, the negotiations are as long as everyone's happy at the end of the day and everyone is financially stable at the end of the day and no one is left out in the in the dust, it could get done. Yeah, you agree. I agree. I agree. Either way, they just something has to give something has to give. And you got to make a compromise that that's what that's what it comes down to in this case. A compromise has to be made. And as of right now, there's nothing there. Kyle, I know I, I ask you this question every single week. What what goes on from here? Just uh, 
sit. Th- I've said it so many times, like in this last five minutes. No, I mean, like, when do you think this deal is going to get done? I apologize. I should have rephrased. I, I, f- I feel like as of right now, I'm not as uh, I'm not as inclined that a deal is going to get done soon as I thought of before, and I feel like that that could also be just because of thinking, oh, they're going to go at the last second and something's going to miraculously get done, yes. and then nothing got done. I, I don't even know at this point. I think I've just kind of lost hope because I'm not saying, like, I'm waiting for the inevitable to happen, but I'm I'm just kind of looking at it like, all right, baseball is probably going to come, but it, it's not going to be in its full force. Yeah, it's, it's really not. And hopefully the players are still continuing to work together and practice and – get into baseball shape as well because when you're out of that cycle and especially we've seen I've said it last week to, I I think I believe I said it last week too you know with covid and everything and the players and it could be hard to come back from that personally yeah yeah especially I know I'm just kind of looking through twitter and I know Go one ahead. thing yeah, uh that's fine. it's kind of off topic but uh Jameson Tyen or Tyon. I, I don't know exactly how to pronounce if it's Tyon or it, it's spelled. I think it's. I believe it's Jamison Tyon. Tyon. Yes. Well, he he tweeted this out an hour ago. He said, uh, "What are the best college baseball pages to follow on Twitter?" This is kind of a joke thing at this point, but he's like, "Just looking for highlights, draft prospects, good stories, etc." And I know I haven't been able to talk about too much when it comes to college baseball just because I've, I've been swamped with work up here. Of course. Yeah, but, we actually talked about that before the show. Yeah. We, ju- we just said it's so hard to follow everything because you have work at school, and it's it's very difficult. But, yeah, go ahead. But, We're yeah, humans too. especially with, with just kind of looking around at the – searching up here, D1 college baseball, NCAA. And it, it's just at least – I'm happy now that, especially with MLB not coming to a compromise, Yes, there are more people that, if they have the resources, because I know most of these college games are on ESPN+, Plus or maybe like an ACC network or SEC, that they're starting to see the game from that perspective. And it might not be exactly Major League Baseball. They might still use aluminum bats. Some, some players do use wooden bats, but... Use aluminum bats? They, yeah, they really? Use, yeah, they use aluminum bats. In college baseball, yes, yeah. Do you think that that might be an unfair advantage? I I feel like it, because it, it's yeah. Go ahead, yeah. I I don't really know at this point. I haven't I haven't been able to dive too deep into how that works. Yeah, I I know just from a just from a perspective of with summer baseball, most of the top leagues are wooden bat leagues. And I know, like, I've watched some of the players from teams that I've seen where they're actually using wooden bats in college, but there are others using aluminum bats. I really don't know at this point. I know it's kind of up in the air. I know aluminum and wooden bats are completely different from each other. They are. But when it comes to after college, you got to get used to wooden, and I don't know if... That could be that could be really difficult. Yeah, to kind of figure to figure that out. But especially at least in, in summer college ball, and again, this is just looking at I know the top three leagues, and or at least kind of what's who is seen as the top three in the Cape League, the NECBL, and the Northwoods. Those are wooden bat leagues, and a lot of summer ball leagues are wooden bat. So I feel like if if you get to that level, if you're a player, you are going to get that experience. I don't know exactly with 
with aluminum bats in college baseball. I'm probably going to see if I could do some research on that right now, but it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting to watch the game from that perspective, but either way, baseball is still being played, even though you might have to search more for it. It's definitely true. I agree. Any final points in terms of college baseball or professional baseball before we head into a quick break? Because we're at the half hour mark. Or we could keep going, Kyle. Do you want to keep going? Get a deal done, please, MLB. Get a, de- get a deal done. Please get a deal done. We want to watch baseball. I mean, I mean, maybe not necessarily me, because I'm not really into baseball. But for Kyle, just but Celtics. I just watched the Celtics and the Bruins. But, you know, for you personally, Kyle, like, if you wanted and, to and watch. For, and for honorary Jeremy Goldstein. And, for, honor, this show. and for honorary Jeremy Goldstein, as well as Ethan Birch, who used to be on the show as well, kind of talking about that as well. Very important. You're listening to Under Review on VICRadio.org. It's me, Clayton Davis, as well as Kyle DeSantis. We'll be right back. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Female artists everywhere need their voices heard. On Girl Power here at VIC Radio, we have every genre from pop to rock to R&B. Tune in and support the voices of female musicians every Sunday from 10 to 11 p.m. at VICradio.org. This is Under Review on BIC Radio with your hosts, Clay Davis, Jeremy Goldstein, and Kyle DeSantis. Welcome back to Under Review on VICradio.org. I'm Clayton Davis alongside Kyle DeSantis. Uh, before we, we, went into before a little, we, yeah. we went into a little ASMR type of thing. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what I, that I was. I don't know what that was either, but we're going to be talking some New York Knicks basketball. Exactly. You know what? With radio, it just, things happen. Yeah. They, it just, it just, it's an improv type of thing. But the New York Knicks last night, Kyle DeSantis lost to the Phoenix Suns last night. They have now lost seven straight. They are ridiculously bad. It's a terrible show. It's, it's ridiculous. Kyle, what happened last night with the Knicks? Well, um, a, a lot of stuff happened last night, to say the least. I know the main thing that happened at the end of the game was Cameron Johnson hitting a game-winning shot, and the Suns beat the Knicks 115-114. to 114. Again, looking at Cameron Johnson, he was off the bench and almost scored 40 points. So he... This this game it's was unbelievable, was, and Chris Paul and Devin Booker didn't even play. Yeah, especially with that, I feel like you know, for Phoenix, we were kind of thinking like, oh, how are they gonna? It's like how are they gonna come back without you know Chris Paul and without Devin Booker? And again, at least this was last week's show. We're like, oh, they just lost by fifteen to the Pelicans, and then they went from losing by. Four to the Jazz, which is honestly pretty good if you're considering the Jazz are up there in the West. Yes, the Jazz are up there in the West, yeah. And then on Wednesday, they beat Portland by 30. And then obviously last night, they beat the New York Knicks after Cam Johnson made the game-winning three. And 
I don't really know what happened. I know with the Knicks, and from what I've heard, I know with Agree to Disagree, they're talking about this, that I didn't watch the game personally, was that... I didn't either. I just saw the highlights Ju- this morning. Apparently, Julius Randle had, like... Yes, Julius so Randall, Julius Randle, uh, I believe it was during the third quarter, I could be wrong, but he, they were going up for a rebound, him and him and Cam Johnson were going up for a rebound, okay. and then they got a little feisty, and then the referee was involved, and they were shouting at each other afterwards, and then Julius Randle shoved Cam Johnson, uh, and to be honest... That's not really that bad. No, it's not. I don't understand why you get ejected for that. I think it should just be a technical foul, right? Yeah, that 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 is more of like a technical perspective. I, I understand. I don't know. I, like I don't know how aggressive the shove was, but either yes. way, either way, if you look at the game, Julius Randle got ejected. He played twenty eight minutes. He had twenty five seven and four, which isn't a bad night to say. But then, if you look at the Sun side of things. Again, with Cameron Johnson, 38 is his career high. And I know I was looking at how he's done these past few games. And he has had three straight games where he scored 20 or more points. He scored double digits in the last six games off the bench. He's probably the sixth man right now at this point. And I'm sure he has been the sixth man. I haven't paid too much attention to him because he's out on the West Coast for this Phoenix Cam- Suns Cam Johnson? Team. Yes. Yes, I believe he is the sixth man for them. Yeah, in in 28 minutes, he scored 38 points, shot 11 of 16 from the field, 9 of 12 from 3. I know 38, the 38 points and the 9 three-pointers, I believe, were career highs. He, by the way, and also looking at how he has progressed in Tremendously. three years. Tremendously, yes. From 2019 to now, he he has increased in almost every stat. In every stat, he's he's gotten about four more minutes. He scored four more points compared to 2019. He shot better both from three and from the field. He shot almost he shot 45 percent from three. He's shooting 45 percent from three so far. Yeah. I don't know I don't know how many shots he's taken from behind the arc, but he's shooting 44.8 percent from three, 47.5, 47.5 percent rather from the field, and also he's 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 averaging. 12, 4, and 1, which is pretty good, honestly, for someone off the bench. And especially if you have outputs like you've had the last six games. you got 14, 21, 15, 23, 20, and then 38 against the Knicks. He's really making, he's really having a run right now. He, re- he really is. And that, and I think just in general with the Phoenix Suns, they're the most complete team out of anybody in the NBA, personally. You look mm-hmm. at their depth in terms of Chris Paul, uh, probably, I would think personally the best three, big three in the in the league. Right, you have Devin Booker, who's a great shooter, you can drive to the hoop. Uh, Chris Paul, who's a great facilitator, who is able to have that veteran presence and be able to lead a team. Might be a hothead every once in a while, but he's able to he, lead the he, team. He, he he he's a veteran. He he's been through the game so many times that I'm sure he knows how things work. And if it doesn't go that way, then he'll make his. He'll make his presence known in that regard. But again, also just looking yes. at the Suns, they are 30-9 and nine in games against the West in their conference record. That's really good because 
even though the East is getting better, it's still important to win those games in the West, even if they aren't in they're in the Pacific Division. So even if they win the games outside of that, that would be very important as well. And especially as of right now, because the Warriors have lost three straight, the Suns are eight games up. And we have about 17 or so games remaining that's... I don't know exactly, but I know a lot of teams have played around the 63-64 game mark. So yes. less than 20 games remaining and eight up on the Warriors, who, as you've seen with this season, they've returned to form. It's a great advantage to have, at least going into the latter final stretch. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I believe so, too. So let's look, at the, let's look at the standings in particular with the, with the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors and I believe the Utah Jazz also... Jazz are, are the four seed. They're the four seed. So I'm just pulling this up now. But the Suns are 51-12. and 12, The Warriors are 43-20. and 20, The Grizzlies are 43-21. and 21, The Jazz are in fourth. And the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, and the Clippers. And the Lonely Lakers down at the bottom as well. But if you look at these teams, the Grizzlies lost a tough one. I mean, to the Celtics, of course. But... They they lost a tough one. The Warriors haven't been playing as well. Mm-hmm. They've let off a lot defensively. They've just been yeah. terrible in particular. They just they just haven't they just let up so and many points. Now that I think of it, with kind of how the past few years have gone, when you look at the offensive weapons that Golden State has, when you have your Steph Curry's and your Clay Thompson, they they could just easily. The main thing for them, they're able to just outscore pretty much anyone. You got stuff. You got multiple Very players true. who could score like thirty or forty a night, and especially with right now, they've lost three straight, three of their last seven. Or well, three. They're three and seven in their last ten. So, I, I don't know what Steve Kerr has to say to this team, but he's got to get them to understand that there's still time. You got to get back in a gear, yeah, and yeah. you got to get some sort of run going. Kyle, I agree with that point. I think that they've been playing so well all season that these last ten games don't necessarily matter they're just meshing into the other teams in the western conference they're just not at a complete advantage anymore like the phoenix suns right now Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of tough but yeah looking to the west i mean there's a lot of tough teams when it when it comes down to it i know we're in early march and there's still a little bit more of more time but we have really established teams march is a very important month i think personally in the nba i think it's very underrated i think in terms of development because you have you have the I don't know I don't know if it's dog days but like let's just say the snow days of January and and February and you're just grinding but March is when you you have to get back into high gear and you have Mm -hmm. and as a team you need to develop over time I don't know how you feel personally about when you're playing in particular months Kyle yeah I, I feel like I know you were saying with March in in general with the NBA it's kind of at that point where it's it's not exactly the end of the season, but you're already in you're in like you're like in that you're in that third quarter yes, where at definitely. least for some yes. teams it's kind of easier to slack off before kind of ramping up more towards the playoffs. But that we're currently in the the third quarter of the NBA season, and I know one thing that we're not going to talk about as much because this is the final show we have before break. Yes, in the basketball landscape is the NCAA tournament. Yes. I was just thinking about that. So one point I wanted to mention before you go into that is that I feel, and I believe my dad's also listening as well, we both kind of agree that March is a great time for sports. Mm -hmm. You have the NCAA tournament. You have basketball and hockey that are kind of wrapping up. Baseball's well, if baseball was going to happen, it would be there too. 
and you could start going into games and spring training starts and you get riled up for that. March is a great month and definitely the NCAA tournament is another huge point that is going to be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, and especially that's going to be starting on the 13th, but obviously yep. we're going to be on break. And and looking at today, there's still games going on in some of the tournaments around the NCAA. I know for yeah, right now right now we're in the the conference tournament area yes. right now. Yes, we are. Just kind of looking through everyone. So the women, so for those that don't know that are listening, the women's just are playing there. There was like the ACC tournament. And Miami, what was interesting, they upset, I forget who it was, but they they upset a team on a buzzer beater. I forget what the team was, and I saw it this morning, but it was was very interesting to see. The NCAA tournament for women's is very, very exciting. It's a lot of fun to watch, just these games and... It's really great to see also, I think over time as well, UConn is not dominating anymore. So now it's like a wide open field where you get all these different teams like Stanford and USC who's been playing really good, Stanford, all these different teams that have just been playing and just been so dominant as well. Yeah, if you look at UConn where I feel like they they have gotten a little back into the, at least with these last few weeks, they've gotten back into form where they need to be there in the... The Big East tournament, they actually have the opening round in the. They had their round opening game today, and at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut against Georgetown. Nice. And I know for at least when you're looking at UConn women's basketball from that perspective, Paige, uh, Paige Buecker, Buecker. Not not familiar with the name. How do what it, what is how do you spell the name? Uh, it's B U E C K E R S. She's a sophomore, but she's like one of the the best players. I think it's I think it's Buker. Buker's, but like yeah, Buker. I think it's Buker's. Yes. Again, she just came back and she's starting to get into the frame. She has been. She was out for. She's she she had like a, a two month period where she was out with injury, where she had out where she played six games and was averaging twenty one points a game. Then she got injured. She just came back on the 25th against St. John's, and she really hasn't... She's really been... They've been easing her back into the rotation and whatnot. She's only played 13 minutes for the both games she's played against St. John's and Providence, but that's a name where if that rehabilitation process starts to ramp up, don't be shocked if this UConn women's team goes far into the tournament and you hear her name just all over the media and whatnot. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. She seems like somebody that is able to step on the gas and everything. Who are they playing next, Kyle? For Inter- for UConn? Yes, for UConn. Who who are they? Are they they're they're still in the in the big east and they're Yeah. Yeah. They're they're, they're still- Yeah, today again they're playing Georgetown in the opening round of the Big East women's basketball tournament. Tomorrow is the semifinals and Monday is the finals and I know the Selection show. I don't know exactly when that is for the women, but I know that's going to be coming up in around the week afterwards, and it's we're going to find we're going to find out a lot about the NCAA landscape and what's going to happen for March Madness. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to go into Miami University, and I know I mentioned it before, but that was a crazy game. What was going on with that? Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a game winner that happened, and it was just it was just a ton of fun. 
to see, and I believe they came back in the game as well. They, they, they outscored Louisville, and just looking at, if you're wondering about the game, it was the ACC tournament in Miami, and the Hurricanes were ranked 7th, Louisville was ranked 2nd, and the Hurricanes beat the Cardinals 61-59, to Miami outscored Louisville 23-7 yes, in the fourth quarter. Yes, it was Louisville, quarter. thank you Kyle, I was trying to look it up and I apologize, thank you so much for you know following up with that. But yeah, it, it was really great. Today they play Notre Dame, and Notre Dame looks like a team that could be a little bit tougher. Yeah, uh, they're Notre, twenty-two and seven. Notre the Dame, year. yeah, they're the three seed. Yes, so they're the three seed. They're they're ranked number twenty. They, I'm just looking at their schedule right now. They won their schedule right now. They won their schedule right now. They had their last four games, the only team that they lost was Louisville. So now Notre Dame is at an advantage because they got blown out by Louisville back on February 13th, 73 to 47, and they don't even have to. They don't even have to address that, as well. Yeah, and quite honestly, I we're we're gonna talk a lot about March Madness, and especially when we come back, because looking at the NCAA tournament, I, again that starts the thirteenth, but the finals run through the opening. Yes, week which of I believe I believe is ne- is next week. It starts on Sunday. Yes, and just again looking at that from that perspective, it, it's gonna be a lot of fun with. March Madness again, great time for sports. It's so much fun. It, 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 the, the tournament is just the best. I, I think you know personally. If you're if you're listening out there and you are not a huge sports fan, I think everyone can get around the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. because everyone. I, I mean, I don't know particular people, but you know people associate with a particular college, whether it be through family or you personally went to that school or you just grew up in that area. It's just a fun time in terms of, you know, getting into the spirit of college basketball. It's a lot of fun and everything too. I don't know how you feel about that. And especially with predicting brackets and everything. I know like last year was predicting brackets. Yeah, definitely. Last year was like, I think last year was my best year when it came to brackets because I correctly predicted I got three out of the final four. The only one I didn't get in the final four was I didn't get UCLA. You didn't get UCLA? I didn't, get UC- I didn't predict UCLA, but I predicted Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston. I had Gonzaga making it to the finals and losing, which they did. But they I, did. I had Houston winning, and then Baylor just ran them out of the water. And then Baylor ended up winning. But when it came to, like, that was the first time that I've—I don't know how you did personally, but that was the first time that I— predicted three of the final four teams i usually i'm kind of an off and on sort of person nah, i don't do yeah. it every every single year in terms of doing the brackets i don't believe i did it last year but i might i might do it this year but every time i'm i'm someone that has no idea i usually am just i i usually am someone that doesn't really know the particular teams necessarily unless like they're on the east coast and you know some sort of affiliation with them but it's hard. It's hard to predict, and usually when you pick those teams, you usually pick the high-ranking teams instead yeah. of instead of looking at them statistically and how they've been playing and you know their growth and their coaches and things like that. But I think that just makes it more fun as just like a casual fan too. At the same time, so I know you're more of a you know a diehard when it comes to that. Kyle's looking at the particular statistics. It's like this player on the bench, um, this forward is doing really great. Um, this this person has. Uh, 
three steals in this particular game. Yeah, and their points per game for oh. like 40 minutes, like yeah. 25. Yeah, 45 yeah. minutes. Oh, it, it's just it's just so great. But, yeah, yeah um, it's a really fun time, especially. so. Yeah, and also this is just the beginning where there are going to be other conference championships that are going to be starting up next week. Especially. It should be a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, because I know looking at – I was just looking at Houston and their schedule because – because I was talking about it right now, and they have the AAC tournament or the AAC championship. The ACC tournament, yes. No, nah, the, they're in the American Athletic Conference. Oh, the American Athletic Conference. My, my apologies, yes. So that tournament runs from March 10th to March 13th, and the first four starts on the 15th. And also just looking at close to home, at least close to home for me, I'm in Brewster, the Metro Atlantic, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Yes, I know their championships. Who's in that league, Kyle? Uh, looking at that team, the, that league from the basketball perspective, it's Iona, St. Peter's. Yes, Iona. Got Siena. Iona's Iona's really the the most well known, just because not just because cuz they are a really good team but once when you add Rick Pitino as a head coach after everything he's gone through a lot yes, of people right. are going to want to know what you do yeah definitely yeah they're 24 and 6 and they've clinched the top seed and right now the the good thing is at least with the, yes. the MAC from what i've seen a lot of the teams it's like anyone can I know beat the another. MAC pretty well my parents went to Albany so i i know it's pretty well it's Vermont yeah. it's Stony Brook anyone anyone can beat any team because I know, I know Manhattan, who was the... Manhattan's pretty good. Manhattan, who's the eighth seed, ended up beating Iona. They they won. I forget her name, but there was a there was a woman on the Ithaca women's basketball team that was from Manhattan, but I forget her name. But she didn't play... You didn't, you didn't know who she was, but just give me a second and I'll, I'll figure it out. But she actually transferred from Manhattan College to Ithaca College. Oh, so that... So. It was like a Radovich situation. It was like a Radovich situation. Yeah, because yes. Radovich, if Luka Radovich, if you don't know who we're talking about, was a senior this season on the Ithaca men's basketball team, transferred from Fordham over to Ithaca, D1 to D3. But especially looking at the MAC again, really the team to beat, and that's kind of been that way all season. Iona, they were the unanimous first selection like all the coaches in the coaches poll said yeah. that Iona was going to be number 1 they're number 1 they're 24 and 6 the main thing here is really on the road is where they've struggled they're 12 and 0 at home but at neutral you're, site you're, talking, games, you're talking about Iona right yes yes combining away and neutral they're 12 and 6 which still is a good record but definitely it's not a 12 and 0 like they've had in Iona down in New Rochelle right definitely yeah i mean they seem to be competitive and Rick Pitino, even though he's had his faults in the past, he's a very fiery guy, and that's what you need in order to in in order to play in college basketball. You need that that fiery type. I know we have a few minutes left, but I actually just wanted to mention, um, in particular, and related to college basketball, huge story. Coach K is retiring. Yes, yes, Kyle. I know we don't have a ton of time, but. Go into your particular thoughts about Coach K. Did you have a sort of connection with him or just, like, watching him in particular, just watching Duke games growing up? Like, what are your feelings about him retiring and finally getting his final game against UNC today? I'm not the biggest. When when it comes to college basketball, I'm not the biggest watcher in that perspective. But 
Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K, is one of those guys where you, he, you just associate him with Duke University and with the Duke basketball team where you see them in the NCAA tournament every year. You see them get top recruits every year. He's a program. He's the head of a program that anyone wants to buy into. He's a program that you would want to perform for and be on the cover for down the road. Duke has Duke is a powerhouse in the men's basketball landscape and Mike Mike Krzyzewski and Coach K he's a big reason for that yes that's true continuing with that point I just looked up the the player from Manhattan in Ithaca it was Killian O'Reilly she graduated two years ago she was a she was a senior and she was very dominant she was from she's from Montville New Jersey and she she was a great guard she was able to shoot really well but yeah but no Kyle to your point with Duke and everything just how he's able how he's been able to just stay so long at one particular program is just so impressive. I mean, since the eighties, it's it's respectable in two regards. It's respectable in that being in that environment and being in North Carolina and being in that in that area and staying there is just and just having a dedication to a particular school and not leaving for so long is that something that we don't see a lot, and that is something that is tremendous especially in college basketball. And as well, ton of success. I believe he won three national championships with Duke. And he's just continued to dominate and just continue to kind of influence his game and just kind of game plan from there. So I don't know if you have yeah. you know, more thoughts on that. I don't really have like more thoughts on that. All I know is uh, another coach who you could kind of put in that same question who's still with the team who has been – the head coach of the Orange at Syracuse yes, since Jim, 1976. Yes, Jim Beheim. Coach Jim Beheim. Yes, I think you know what personally going into that, I think of Jim Beheim, and then I also think of um, Bobby Knight. Bobby as well. Knight. Yeah, Bobby Knight for Indiana. You know, and how he was able to stay there too. Maybe even John Wooden. They're all up there. There all are four there of those are guys. Lot, there are a lot of good college coaches. There's a lot of great college coaches, but those are the main four that I I really particularly think about. As well. John Thompson as well, you know, for Georgetown. You know, he was a big guy, big influence for Allen Iverson when he was first coming up. And and Ray Allen, too. But, yeah, Coach K. I mean, so many guys you think about that just came through that program. Shane Battier, Christian Leitner, J.J. Redick. Um, Austin Rivers came through there. Yeah. Grayson Allen came through there. Obviously, he's been having troubles, but, you know, he's been going through there. So, just so many guys that went through that program. Yeah, and again, you could also kind of look at some of the the flashier guys, and those are those are a lot of players who, besides Grayson Allen, have been in the league for a while. But then you also got a lot of new guys, and you know R.J. Barrett. And yes, R.J. Barrett. Yes, especially although he hasn't been playing recently down in New Orleans. Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson. Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. They were all playing together at Duke Knicks. a few years ago. Yes, the, that that trio is an insane time to watch basketball. It, it was so much fun to watch and. Everyone thought. I think. I think at the time they were just overrated at the time. Yeah. And if they were honestly, if they weren't like, if the media wasn't projecting them so much to play so well, in particular, then I think they would have been fine. But they, I, I believe they lost to. They believe. I believe they lost to UCF right in the round of thirty-two. Also looking that up, I was just going to mention that. No, they they beat. They did beat. UCF, but they they beat them by one, and that was the UCF team yes, that had right. Taco Fall. Yes, and that was Taco Fall as well. But nevertheless, Coach K, just a legendary coach, and 
if you're if you're a basketball nut and you're listening to the show, you know Coach K, you know him through and through. But if you're not, then definitely learn about him. He's he's someone that you know really brought basketball back and everything too. So I don't know if you have any final points, Kyle, before we you know head into um, the next show dribbling around as well. Really don't have any final points. I know for dribbling around, it's going to be Connor Glunt, Dave Richardson, and Jaden Becker. Those guys are going to be coming up. They're going to be talking a lot about basketball, mainly NBA, maybe some college hoops in there as well. But there is going to be basketball here on the South Hill today. I know we're going to kind of have a big turnaround back from the beginning of the show if you've tuned in so far. But the round of 32 is happening on the South Hill, 5 yeah. p.m., WICB, and I'm looking forward to watching that game. I wanted to make one final point. I didn't want to add on a sad note, but the Stanford star that lost that lost her life, um, you know, we just wish our condolences for um, Katie Meyer, um, who unfortunately passed away earlier this week at the age of 22, and it's just a really sad thing that happened, and she was just a huge motivator. I, remember I was watching on Center, and she was just a huge peace in terms of mental well-being and just you know pushing yourself and everything like that too as well so um rest in peace to her and um definitely condolences to her and her family as well condolences to the meyer family especially with the 2019 title game meyer was the reason that stanford came out on top definitely again we're sending out condolences as we end out the show i know we send it on a sad note but it was i think it was just something that was important to kind of end on but i agree that's going to wrap it up for under review my thanks to kyle desantis i've been clayton davis we are off for a week on spring break but coming up next as we talked about is dribbling around with Jaden becker dame richardson and connor glunt you are listening to the vic vic radio.org sports talk